Hello, and welcome to a Backyard Catch. This is Nick Roby. Thanks so much for joining us. It is Thursday, November 9th, 2023, and we got some college football to talk about. I'm so excited. This is going to be a fun slate of games this weekend and a lot to talk about and lots to break down. We're going to go through some key, some games I'm looking at and just games in the contest I'm in with uh, 105.5 The Roar. We're going to talk about uh, that pick'em contest and when I'm picking in the spreads and just, yeah, just what I'm looking for in those matchups. So super excited, uh, fun game. I remember if you haven't already like and subscribe to the podcast on YouTube, make sure you like and subscribe on there and on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. That's super helpful for me. And then also it makes sure you stay up to date with all the podcasts and things upcoming from us. So without further ado, let's jump into these matchups, shall we? First game, Michigan is traveling to Penn State, the massive one in Happy Valley. It's going to be massive for Penn State. Penn State is playing for, uh, you know, their chance at a playoff. And Michigan is playing for wanting to prove everyone wrong. You know, it's really been their really first opportunity in a major game since all these uh, cheating, sign-stealing allegations have come out for them to come into this game. And I'm very interested to see because Penn State, you know, they've already, their two big games were <laughs> with these three teams between Michigan, Penn State, and Ohio State. You know, obviously, those are the three best teams in the Big Ten, and they're all in the, in the East, last year of the East. And Penn State's already played, already played Ohio State, but, you know, they lost in a, in a tough one. And so now they've got Michigan. And so if they win, creates a, potential for a tiebreaker situation and keeps their hopes alive. But if they lose, they're kind of looking at like being the third team left out for sure. And Michigan, you know, they're undefeated, but their, their schedule hasn't been anything at home to write about, you know? And so it's really their first test. And with all this like chaos and news surrounding the sign stealing stuff um, with Connor Stallions and him, him being let go and now, the Big Ten, some other teams are wanting action against them, and they're saying, well, other teams were cheating too. It wasn't just us, and it's not really – it's just – it's kind of all this, like, hearsay. And then, then so those other teams are trying to get uh, – trying to get the new Big Ten commissioner to act on this. And so Michigan just responded back, and, and so I, it seems like it's going to be a little bit before we actually get any kind of uh, action on this. I personally would be surprised if we get any official – type of ruling uh, before the season's end. Um, I'm not saying it couldn't happen, but just uh, it would need to be, I don't think anyone in the NCAA side would do anything quite yet. Um, and then it would cause the Big Ten to do something. But now that Michigan's responded, it just feels like there's something else in this as well. So, you know, I'm not quite sure, to be honest, and this is information that comes out all the time. But I would say, too, like this game's going to be watched a lot. And I, you can bet whatever side wins, they're going to be real loud. You know, say Michigan wins, it's going to be like, see, we didn't need to do all that. And then Penn State, if Penn State wins, a lot of people are going to be like, uh, you know, maybe the playing field is a little more even. So I don't know. It's hard to know, you know, and there needs to be the evidence of, of it happening, you know, and uh, kind of what it's a little bit unprecedented is kind of what I'm trying to get at. So, Let's just say I'm still waiting for all the cards to be coming out there, but it's, it doesn't look great for them, but you also need to have, um, it feels like you need a little bit more evidence personally, but 
it's a little bit also out of my out of my pay grade, you know. So I'm let people um, people where that's more their expertise kind of lead the field on that, and I just kind of pay attention to that and just waiting for more information to come out. But getting into the game, it's really interesting because Penn State has had some tests, and Michigan really hasn't had any tests. The line that we're playing at is Michigan three and a half. I've seen it as high as five and a half. Um, remember it's in happy Valley. So it's at Penn state. And a lot of times, you know, a home favorite is usually given a three point bump. So that means that the line that we're playing at three and a half is that, you know, they're saying that Michigan's basically just under a touchdown favorite, you know, which is interesting because, you know, they're, they're a running team with the, they, they have the pass with JJ McCarthy, but I don't know if we haven't quite seen like what this Michigan team's capable of, you know, and Penn state's got just because of, of the opponents they've played and they haven't really had to be really tested. And then now Penn state, you know, they have one of the top defenses in the country and they have a strong running game themselves. So it's kind of really interesting to see how this kind of plays out. I think for me, I lean, I lean Penn state in this one. I just think there's a lot of motivation. They've had this game circled, you know, um, they have a lot of rushing yards last year, and you know they're going to want to uh, bounce back from that. They have a good running rushing game of, the, of themselves. I this could be an opportunity for Drew Aller, the quarterback, for them to break out a little bit. And with Michigan on the road, with all that's going on, there's to say it's not a distraction, but I mean that's tough, you know. So I I like Penn State in this. I'm taking them to cover, and I wouldn't be surprised if they win. I really wouldn't. Thinking about it. Um, but I, I have them to cover for sure, especially at home and the way their defense is playing. I think it's it could be a little low scoring, um, but I like Penn State. I do. It's going to be a good one, though. Um, Alabama. Next one is Alabama at Kentucky. Uh, Alabama's 11 point favorite. Uh, Crimson Tide won and went into being a bigger game against LSU, like a bigger spread uh, against LSU last week. Uh, Jaden Daniels is down with the injury, but. Alabama looks like they've kind of started to get things figured out. And now they're going on the road and not necessarily the easiest place to play in Kentucky, but Kentucky maybe hasn't been quite as strong as maybe we could have thought. And so this one felt like Alabama's just rolling and then they're really tough to stop with the running game. And then Georgia's okay at Kentucky, you know, that was at home for Georgia, but Alabama, man, they're just tough. And if Jayla Milro is, is running the ball, he had four rushing touchdowns last week. I mean, it's tough to bet against them. And I know it's 11 point spread, but I'm taking Alabama, Miami and Florida state. You've got two different teams and going in two different directions. Miami is just still trying to figure it out. They lost a tough one at NC state against a quarterback who now is deciding to redshirt for the rest of the year with NC state. So that's very interesting. <laughs> the freshman is assigned to, to redshirt and they've lost a couple in, in a row or at least a couple of the last few games. Florida state's undefeated. They were a little rocky at first at Pitt last week, but they ended up winning 24 to seven. Um, but I believe they were at, without their, their two pass catchers. And so Florida State's a 15 point favorite. Um, so at first you're like, maybe that's too high points, but I don't, I just haven't seen enough from this Miami offense um, to feel like they can hang with that. And Florida State's defense, the offense is what it talks about, but their, their defense is pretty strong. And I just I think Miami turns them all over and um Kyler Van Dyke came back, but he had some turnovers. And I just I I think it's just too much for Florida State in a rivalry game, too, you know. So I just think Florida State covers 
And so they're going to take the 15. And I think they went by at least 17, honestly, um, could even be three touchdowns. Washington against Utah. The Utes go on the road to the Huskies. Washington won, remember, a big one last week at Southern Cal, 52-42. Utah still playing their backup quarterback. um, And Washington's a nine-point favorite in what we're playing. Um, So Washington's interesting because when the offense is on it, it can be really good, you know, and they've also had some other games where they hasn't been on and a lot of their wins have been closer. Right. Um, but Utah, it's just so interesting. If this was in Utah, I would be much more leaning to take Utah just because they're so tough at home. They just don't lose at home, you know? So even if they were to, to lose, it'd be close, you know? And I know nine points just feels like a lot, but I'm like, this offense is starting to click, you know? And I know Southern Cal's defense is not great, but they still scored 52, you know? And Michael Penix is leading the country in passing yards. I'm like, dang. I, yeah, I just, I like Washington. I think they're starting to click it together. I don't know if they're necessarily going to, like, win the Pac-12. You know, I still think I would like Oregon personally in a rematch, you know? But Right now, and at home, too. I think that's the big thing for me is it's at home. I think this is close. This might be a close cover, maybe 10 points, maybe two touchdowns, like a, like a touchdown late to cover this spread. But I like Washington, personally. Um, I wouldn't blame me for Utah. Utah's a tough one. They always keep games close. Tennessee is a one-point favorite on the road at Missouri. This one's very interesting, you know. Um, Missouri lost a tough one at Georgia when they had a late turnover when they were had a chance to take the lead. Um, Tennessee is going on the road, and Tennessee is very interesting because sometimes they looked strong and their times maybe not as much. Um, I think just for me, this comes down to like uh, top receiver for uh, Luther Burden for Missouri um, got hurt in the Georgia game, and I don't know how well he'd be going, but if he's not 100%, I just I don't know how much I feel as good about them. And then Tennessee... They can just if they can run the ball like I think they that they can I think they can pull this out late. This will be a close one for sure. There's a reason why it's one point game, and um, but I think Tennessee wins a close one on the road at Missouri. And when you play a team like Georgia, it's tough to bounce back. You know, the next week, and I, and I could see some fatigue setting in, especially with the way Tennessee wants to run the ball. Um, I could see Tennessee pulling away late, but I could see this being only like a touchdown game. And then a big one, we were just talking about Georgia. This is college game day. Old Miss and Lane Kiffin are traveling to Georgia to visit Kirby Smart and the Bulldogs. Georgia is 11 and a half point favorite. Um, Old Miss is interesting. They they want a close one, you know, with AM. and uh, m missed a field goal uh, at the end. Um, you know, Old Miss has the the power running attack. I mean, they have Jackson Dart at quarterback who, you know, has playing well as of late and he's strong legs. Uh, Judkins is a great running back. Um, but Georgia's still an 11 and a half point favorite. And if they get Brock Bowers back and I don't know how well he'll be, but Carson Beck has, has been looking consistent and I've been waiting for him to kind of drop off or have this kind of just uh, kind of a game. And he just, he kind of hasn't yet. It's been, they're not quite as strong yet, but they're still like a good team and it's tough at their place, you know? So, and then for Ole Miss to win outright, like they would have to like Jackson Dart has to just play like a great game. And Georgia has been known 
to get some turnovers late, you know. Um, I could see them having trouble with him, his rushing ability. Um, and I think, honestly, that's why I'm going to take Old Miss to cover the 11.5. Old Miss has kind of been hit or miss for me. Um, but 11.5 just feels like a little bit too much. And I think Georgia will win, but I think Georgia wins by by 10 points or less. And I think just because of like a late touchdown or I could see – Maybe Old Miss is down 10 points late, you know, and trying to come back. But I think similar with Missouri, I could see them maybe a little bit closer to Missouri. But for me, I just think, I think Georgia wins, but I think Old Miss keeps it closer, you know, and Old Miss is kind of, you know, but this one's tough. This was a tough back and forth for me. Um, one that was not as tough for me is USC at Oregon. So USC is 7-3, and they're going through this gauntlet that they've had at the end of the season that we were looking at earlier. And that um, in Oregon, there's a 15-point favorite at home, which is crazy to think about at first, you know. But all men, I mean, uh, Oregon, sorry, they only lost at Washington by like three points, you know. And USC's coming off of just, you know, they just fired – their offensive uh, defensive coordinator Alex Grinch after giving up 52 points to to Washington, and they're just they're scrambling trying to figure out what to do on defense. And you've got a clicking offense with Bo Nix at home, and it's not that I don't think USC is going to not going to score, but also like with USC and the Notre Dame game, like that you had turnovers, you had, and I could just I could see this. It's not that it's like I'd say unraveling, but when you have a frustrating game, it was just a lot of emotions for them. And you could see how much Kayla Williams like left on the field. I could see this kind of pulling away, you know, and with how much and how quickly Oregon can score, I could just see them pulling away in this. So I like Oregon minus 15 at home. And I think they're a hungry team against a wounded animal team in USC on the road. And I just don't trust their defense. And I think Oregon will be able to do what they want offensively in this game. Um, we've had the basketball rivalry takes a chance on the gridiron. We've got Duke at North Carolina. North Carolina is a 10 and a half point favorite at home in the gridiron version of this game. Now UNC has had their struggles, you know, defensively on and off. Um, Duke, the problem for Duke in this game is it's as simple as Riley Leonard's not going, you know, and they're starting Loftus, the freshman for an, another game, their third string, and I just think Drake May and this offense is just too powerful for them. I like Duke's defense, you know. Um, the problem for them is just trying to figure out where the scoring's going to come from. And I think 10.5 is just not enough points. I just think this is an easy at home. UNC's just wanting some stuff to prove, you know, after the UVA game and Georgia Tech. I just, I think this is a team that's just like, I could see them playing with their hair on fire in this game, in a rivalry game, and could be. Um, you know, it could be a last game, one of the last games for Drake May in a in a in a baby blue uniform, that that Tar Heel blue. So I I think Drake May has a good game, and I know that Duke has a good defensive minded coach and and Mike Elko. It's no disrespect for that. It's just I just I think it's just a lot when your quarterback's out, and he just means so much for them offensively. I just don't know how many if they can score enough points in this. I could see this being like a like a twenty one. 21-10 game, you know, and that's 11 That's eleven points covering that point spread. And then we've got the two Palmetto teams we're going to talk about to end it. We've got Vanderbilt at South Carolina and then Georgia Tech at Clemson. 
Vanderbilt uh, is a 14 and a half point underdog against South Carolina. And we're playing this contest because um, we're located in South Carolina. And so these are teams we always um, keep an eye on. You know, you're like, why are you talking about Vanderbilt and South Carolina? This is in the contest that I'm playing in. Um, this is actually a little tougher than you think it is because um, Vandy's a 14 half point underdog, but um, South Carolina, you know, they got their third win last week against Jacksonville state. And I took the points. They were 14 half point favorite and Jacksonville state was hanging around on the road. Third quarters, 21, 21. And I just, I can't do it again. You know, I'm going to take Vanderbilt to cover the 14 and a half. I think South Carolina wins, but I just, the offensive line, they got to protect more. And Rattler, is having a good year and he's a good quarterback, but they just, they don't have the supporting cast around him defensively. Um, they haven't been strong enough. And I just think this is another one of those battle on games. And I think they could win by 10 again. Um, but just not 14 and a half. Just feels like too much. Take the points with them. I'm taking, I'm taking Mandy and cut my losses with that. Um, and then lastly, we've got Clemson and Georgia tech, Georgia tech coming off the back back wins. Um, and they have the big North Carolina win, and then they win against Virginia, and then Clemson comes off the massive win against Notre Dame. Uh, Georgia Tech is a 14.5-point underdog, so Clemson's the favorite, which I expected the favorite. They just It just seemed like too many points for me. Um, and just because of how much is surprised, and I almost wonder if it's a little bit of overreaction, and just knowing how much Georgia Tech can score, and maybe I'm wrong in this, but I just... It just seems like too many, too much of a point spread for how powerful Georgia Tech can be on offense. And I think I, I break this game down more in the Clemson uh, podcast, the Hill and Valley. So if you're Clemson fan or want to catch up on Clemson sports, you should check that out. It's Hill and Valley. They're part of our podcast network. But um, just quickly, I I like Clemson to win. I think Clemson wins. I mean, Georgia Tech does not have a good rushing defense, but I think they just have too much capability on offense to keep it close. And so I'm taking Georgia Tech to cover, but Clemson to win outright. So we can go through those picks again. I'm taking Michigan minus three and oh, I'm sorry, Penn State plus the three and a half. I was looking at the line. Penn State plus three and a half. I'm taking Alabama on the road at Kentucky minus 11. Florida State to cover the 15 against uh, Miami. Washington to cover the nine at home against Utah. Tennessee to cover the one on the road. It's basically just a pick em game, but I'm taking Tennessee minus one. Old Miss plus 11 and a half, but Georgia wins outright. Um, Oregon minus 15 at home against Southern Cal. North Carolina minus 10 and a half at home against Duke. Vandy to cover the 14 and a half at South Carolina. And Georgia Tech to cover the 14 and a half, but Clemson and South Carolina both win. There you have it. That is roundup for college football. A lot of fun things to talk about. Um, trying to get more into the playoff race, and we can talk about that a little bit more on our next episode. So tune in next week for just a reaction to this and some more college football. College basketball is season's coming up. We're going to let some some more of that happen before we start really diving into that. But just keep your ears out for that. We we'll also want to talk about some college basketball, especially in the ACC and around other parts of the country as well. But that's it for now, guys. Thanks so much for listening. It's a lot of fun to talk about college football and just sports. So I really appreciate it. And I know there's a lot of options out there. So really appreciate that. So thanks so much for listening. And for now, we are signing off.